Please pause for an important directive from Dr. Morgenstern, Chief of Surgery at County General Hospital. This episode contains heavy themes and serious content. Listener discretion is advised. All stories shared in this podcast have been altered to protect the identity of our patients and colleagues. Any perceived medical advice from the show should not be used for real-life medical concerns. Always consult your personal physician before proceeding with any new practice or treatment. This podcast will include spoilers for the episodes we are discussing, but there will not be any future episode spoilers. Thank you. Welcome back to ER Debrief Podcast, a recap podcast where two emergency room nurses discuss the hit 90s TV show ER. We are your hosts, Melissa and Julie, and today we are talking about episode 17 of season two. Melissa, how are you doing? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. Excellent. It's a very sunny day here. It is. You've got like nice like sunbeams across your face. I know. Uh, I'm sitting right in front of the window. I I love it. Move, but looks very angelic. Wi-Fi, which is. (laughs) 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 How's your ukulele playing going? Ah, it's going well. Yep, I uh, play every day. I gave Mm. my dad a ukulele. Um, cause I think he's been really interested in it since I bought mine. I think he was interested before, yeah. which I might've said before, yeah. but, um, but yeah, he, uh, every time I like take it over to their house, he's like playing and kind of fiddling with it. So I, I bought him one for father's day and it arrived a couple of days ago and I went over to their house for dinner a couple of days ago, maybe yesterday, mm-hmm. nope, two days ago. And... Mm-hmm. I took it because I was like, I'm just not going to be able to wait for Father's Day. So yeah. I'm just going to take it. Yeah. So yeah, so I took it and he has been really excited about it. So he's been playing it. It's a really beautiful ukulele. Like I was like, oh, I kind of wish I had this I want one. one. <laughs> like oh, it's, no. it's nicer than the one I have. So I was like, oh, I really you like it. Treat yourself. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, so I'm pretty obsessed. Like I was having a backyard like hangout with a couple of friends last night. And one of them said like, because I was trying to figure out how to play uh, Katy Perry's Roar uh, for one of my friends. Uh, her son is really obsessed with that song. And yeah, so I brought it out and I was kind of like fiddling around with it. And they were like, wow, like for a few months, like you're doing pretty well with that thing. And um, one of my friends was saying, she's like, you know, one of your best qualities is that you just like decide you like something and then just go like full tilt crazy into it. And I was like, well, that is so true. Yeah. Yeah, so true. I mean, I'm glad that that's a good quality because I often think of that in myself as not a good quality. So it's Uh, a great quality. You're always (laughs) occupied with something. Like you've always got an interest in something, which is fantastic. (laughs) That's true. Oh, I do have a new interest. (laughs) Now that you say that, that? oh God, please tell me. Please. I didn't even think about this, but uh, (laughs) it's not an obsession. (laughs) So I'm not obsessed with it yet. But it is really fun. Um, and it's okay. so dorky. Okay, so 
can't wait. Um, just, like the anticipation is killing me. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know how I came across this on Amazon. I was just like scrolling through stuff. And these like wooden model things came up and I was like, oh, these are so cool. <laughs> so so oh I God. bought one and it's a, I finished it. I should go grab it and show it to you. Yeah, please. Okay, hold on one second. It's just sitting on the shelf. Show me, show me, show me. Oh God, this is so great. Okay, it's like an old timey, like... Um, oh my word isn't it beautiful i maybe should take a picture and yeah. you can post it on our social media so I people can see i was gonna say it. please yeah it's like i don't know what to call this like an old time like film reel kind of camera yeah it actually works like it has like a film strip that it came with and it's like what? harley chaplin like dancing around but yeah like it lights up i don't know if you can see it lighting up that is so cool. I can't... Oh, yeah, I can. I can see it. Yeah, so it... It's so cool. And, like, it's got a little door, and you can, like, change the film in it if you wanted. It is so cool. <laughs> like, I was, like... I saw this, and I was, like, oh, this would look really cool on, like, one of my mm -hmm. shelves. And so... Yeah. I bought it, and it actually was surprisingly easy to put together. Like, the instructions were really good. Uh, it took me maybe like five hours to do. Like I did it over a couple of days. And yeah, it's beautiful. I love it so much. That is really cool. Yeah. So now they I love that. I've been looking at the other ones. Um, there's like this really cool like working clock. It looks like kind of a steampunky kind of clock. And I was yeah. like, ooh, that would be really cool. And then there was also a gramophone one that I was like, oh, that would be really cool. So oh another obsession. <laughs> you're going to be a collector. <laughs> but I was like, I can't have like, <sighs> they do look cool. But if I had them like everywhere, it would look insane. <laughs> like I just. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you just so. need to buy like a few. I think, see how they look. Yeah, I was like, I don't Maybe think don't I should... Maybe don't go full tilt on this. <laughs> right? Can you imagine if I have wooden, like, creations everywhere? It's... Oh my god. <laughs> it looks psycho. So fantastic. So, <laughs> like, single life forever, clearly. <laughs> like, no. Such a loser. <laughs> but I did really have a good time putting it together, so... And I just think it's so cool that it actually works, but... Uh... That anyway. is really cool. Anyway, that's my new... I didn't realize that I had a new thing, but I do. Yeah. So. Well, please take a picture. And I will. actually, you should probably take a picture of the ukulele as well, and I can post that. Oh, sure. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah. I could definitely um, do that. Because once you've had new, improved, new and improved ukulele skills, then I also want to post about that on the, on the gram. Sure. Yeah, I was thinking I could, like, maybe things. just record, like, a little video of me playing that you can put on the, on the uh, Instagram. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, I can do that. I can do that. Yay. <laughs> that makes me so happy. All right. Oh, Enough of so my happy. weird obsessions. <laughs> okay, okay. Instead, we'll go to your Twitterverse. This is from at SheInscribe. If you had unlimited resources to make a change in nursing, what would you do first? Ooh, I did not read this question ahead of time. This is a great question. 
Isn't it good? Oh, man, there's so many things I do. <laughs> Okay, um, tell us all of them. I don't know, like, first. I think, honestly, first, I would give nurses, doctors, EMS, like, police, everyone who is in, like, hazardous situations hazard pay i think that that is Mm. Yeah. pretty a reasonable thing to because they're not you're not expected to do that going into like a maybe not like i guess police you are expected a little bit to be in those situations but like yeah as a nurse or a doctor like you didn't sign up to be abused so like i think that that would maybe be yeah One of the things. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I don't know. Like, I know it's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, like there's so many things that I know that I want to change, but like, what are they? <laughs> How about you go? What's, I know. What's your first okay. one? I would say like, I mean, the department that we came from had really good nurse to patient ratios, I felt. Right. Like I felt like we had... very good nurse patient ratios. However, I know that that's not the norm. Um, I think that most, most places don't have great nurse to patient ratios. So that would be like the first thing I would change. That's fair. Um, and then like, yeah, better pay. Although again, I do think where we're from, we're compensated very well. I agree. Um, the other thing I would change is like, harsher punishment for people that assault healthcare workers. Yes, yes. Like, I know that there's nuance in every situation, but the same goes for police officers. And it's like an immediate charge if you assault a police officer. And I think it should be the same for healthcare workers. I think it should be immediate. I agree. And then we can choose if we want to continue to press charges. Right. Actually, this is so perfect. My mom just sent me this tweet, um, mm-hmm. like on Wednesday, like a few days ago. She sent me this tweet, and it was a picture of this, like, sign, I guess. And it said, if you punch a cop, immediately arrested. If you punch a bus driver, immediately arrested. If you punch a bartender, immediately arrested. If you punch a nurse... And then it has this quote that says, what could you have done differently from management? Like, as management. Yeah. yeah and it's so yeah. true. Like, I don't know how yeah. many times I've been in a bad situation. And then talking to your manager and they're like, yeah, what could you have done differently in this situation? I'm like, not get punched? Yeah. Like, uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, and it's just like, you know, again, our department we were really lucky to have 24 hour security and, but we had to fight for that. We had to really fight hard from what my understanding is. It was before my time on the department, right. but apparently we had to really fight for that because, you know, resources are limited and it is tough sometimes to get those things done. And so, you know, management wants that for us. Like they want to have good support, but they also need the funding So we needed to fill out all of these kind of reports when things happen so that they could have a case when they went to apply for more funding. Totally get it. But I just wish that when you applied 
for that sort of thing. It was just understood that, yes, you need this. Your nurses need 24-hour security or your healthcare workers need 24-hour security. Totally. totally. Instead, it's like, I have to, why do, why do they even have to make a case? Like, we know that this is happening. Exactly. And we know that nurses and doctors and, you know, healthcare aides and RTs are being assaulted daily on the job. Totally. Like, all the time. Totally. Um, so that would be my first thing, that there would be more of a, like, patients didn't get away with it. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Like yeah. a zero tolerance policy. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like people who are disrespectful, rude, insulting should just be escorted out. You know, yeah. if you're going to be Agreed. yeah, rude or degrading to the staff, then you're done. Like, yeah, you know, you could absolutely access the care as long as you are respectful. And as soon as you are not, then you can get out. Right. Like, I think yeah. that I think that, I yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like a zero tolerance policy. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I mean, like, obviously, again, there's nuance in that if someone is critically ill, I mean, if someone's critically ill, the likelihood of them assaulting a healthcare worker is pretty low because they right. probably won't have the strength to do so. Right. Um, but I mean, obviously, there's there's different there's many different cases where people you can't let them go and they're being jerks, but you can't let them go. But then it should just, there should be something else in place to protect healthcare workers from patients that are, that are dangerous or disrespectful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I just thought of another one. My hand is raised. Um, Please share. (laughs) Okay. I would have a bedside ultrasound at every code station. I'd have way more oh. bedside ultrasounds available. Um, oh, yeah. I would also buy Good more call. diagnostic imaging in general. So more CT scanners, more MRIs, so that people can be yeah. getting their scans. Um, like just being able to get to them within a few days instead of months, right? Like mm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's so many things now. Now I'm thinking about a it. Cath I'm like, lab, a cath lab at every oh, hospital. A cath lab at every hospital. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like just more capacity, right? Like more beds, yeah. Yeah. more units, more doctors, more nurses. Um, yeah. Just yes. more capacity to be able to manage people better. Bigger ICUs, mm-hmm. more more ORs, yes. yeah, just more in more general. More space in the rooms, like more space yes. in those little cubicles where we treat people. Doors that actually that would be fit. Fantastic. Wheelchairs. Wheelchairs. <laughs> yes. 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 Uh, and this is why healthcare workers need to be heavily involved in the design of hospitals totally sometimes the choices that are made i'm like who it clearly a nurse did not make this decision and this is who is using the space right like a stretcher doesn't fit through this doorway or a wheelchair doesn't fit through this doorway how did we not think about this right like yes uh, the locking mechanisms of doors right like the locks on the bathroom doors they're like not supposed to like officially lock because if somebody went down in a bathroom you need to be able to get in Uh, So there needs to be like a fail safe to be able to open the door. I like vividly remember a code. It was in a bathroom and we just could not get like we couldn't get the 
crash cart through the bathroom door. Like, so the crash cart was outside the door and we were like pulling the paddles like inside. It was just a mess. And like trying to open the door was challenging. It was just a mess. So yeah, like just better architecture to like make it usable. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the dream. The yeah. dream. So that's cool. So we have our decisions for what we would do if we had unlimited resources. That's fun. I like that. More of everything. More of everything. <laughs> and yeah. harsher punishment for people that do bad things to us. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> cool. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This episode is titled The Match Game. It was written by Neil Bear and directed by Thomas Shalami. It aired on March 28th, 1996. Um, A brief synopsis of the episode. Susan institutes extra precautions in case Chloe tries to reclaim Susie Jr. Mark changes his look, growing a goatee and wearing contact lenses. Carol and Jeannie square off over the care of a patient. Carter celebrates when he receives his residency match, which ends up putting his patient and his job at risk. Shep, who is still grieving from Raul's death, is surly with his new partner, Riley. Benton and Doug have differences when Peter discloses a critical mistake made by Doug, raising animosity between the two. All right. What did you think of this episode overall? Did you like it? I did like it. Yeah. Coming off of last week, it, it was good, but last week's was just so good. Yeah, that's true. Um... Yeah, I, but I did like it. It was a good episode. I thought there was some, like, kind of new stuff uh, that we came across, like, some, a little bit different mm-hmm. uh, than our typical, like, codes and mm-hmm. drama like that. So, so yeah. And then the Chloe storyline is intriguing. So, I've been... Yeah. I don't know. I've been enjoying and not enjoying all at the same time that. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> but, agreed. Yeah. Um, well, opening scene is some hardcore biker dude driving to the hospital and it's like really intense and vroom vroom and all this stuff and (laughs) I have to tell you I was not expecting it to be Mark and he took off his helmet and I was like oh really okay nice (laughs) I mean at the beginning I didn't think it was Mark like I was like oh this guy's gonna end up in an accident or something yeah and then as they were continuing, I was like, oh, yeah, Mark bought that motorcycle from that kid a few episodes ago. Oh, right. I wonder if this is Mark. Right? So I did. By the time he took off the helmet, I was like, I think it's Mark. Uh, but you're right. Like, at the beginning, I thought it was going to be, like, some accident that then comes into the emergency right, department. Right, right. I also thought, as an emergency doctor. Yeah. Why do you have a motorcycle? Here's the thing, <laughs> like, I can't though. believe. You know what? I do find that emergency doctors are some of the most, are the biggest adrenaline junkies. Like, they all That's participate in, like, extreme sports, like, you know, at least rock climbing, rock climbing ice climbing, yeah. like, like out of balance, heliskiing. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. think it's that far-fetched. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, because, like, you're getting adrenaline constantly in your job. Yeah. It makes sense that you enjoy that feeling. Yeah. 
right? Yes. Nobody who doesn't enjoy that feeling works in a merge. Absolutely. Right? Like, that's so true. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. But like, we do see so many accidents. Like, I would never have a motorcycle. No, me neither. Because they just scare the living daylights out of me. It's scary, um, yeah. Because you see the bad things that happen from that so often. Yeah. Right? So. Yes. But yeah, that's a good point. I can see the adrenaline junky part of it yeah. yeah yeah that makes sense yeah so you know he's gotten himself a little makeover um he's got a goatee he's wearing contact lenses <laughs> and he's got a bike and he's i don't know is this like a quarter life crisis like a post-divorce little makeover like is it like similar to women getting bangs i think it might be <laughs> i think you're right i yeah, think this absolutely. is the same the same thing yeah yeah. <laughs> um, he's having a hard time with his breakup, I guess you could say. Is, I think that's what we're we're seeing in him. Peter and Dr. Hicks are washing up before a surgery, and she tells Peter that Dr. V's study is being published. And she says, oh, it's too bad that your name isn't on it. And he's like, I wouldn't want my name on that anyways, so it doesn't matter. And Dr. Hicks says it's not a good look to slander your colleague. And Peter says, this isn't slander, it's the truth. I just think good for him in this situation is like, yeah, like it's not yeah, slanderous. It is. It's like you're holding people accountable. There's a difference between like slandering a colleague and holding people to a standard of truth. Totally. Totally yeah. agree. Yeah. And she basically says to him, unless you can back up your claims, you need to keep your mouth shut. So that was the end of that conversation. Totally. And I was really shocked with Dr. Hicks. I thought she would be a little bit more supportive of his decision, but yeah, she's not. I don't, under, I don't know if she's disappointed in Peter because he's not on the study anymore or like she in her mind thinks he quit or if she's disappointed that he didn't follow through and actually report his concerns. Oh, about yeah. Study. Yeah, maybe. I'm just... I have no idea, though. Like, I'm not sure where she falls in this. Is yeah. she mad at Peter for leaving the study or is she mad at Peter for not reporting the study? I don't know. She seemed to think that him reporting it would have been slandering him. That's the Maybe. impression I yeah. got. I don't know for sure. So she's just disappointed that he left in general. I think so. Yeah. It's not the side that I thought Dr. Hicks was going to fall on. Me neither. I thought she was going to be more supportive. Yeah, but, me too. Because yeah. she also seems virtuous. Like, she... Is that the right word to use? She seems like yeah. the type of person that would, no matter what, do the right thing. Kind of like Peter, you know? Right. I thought she right. might be on yeah. that. Because she's very principled, isn't yeah, she? Totally. Like, she's very principled. Anyways, we learned Absolutely. something new about Dr. Hicks. It's neither good nor bad. I think that, like, I can see the arguments for both sides. But yeah, I think that Peter made the right choice in the end. Carter is vomiting at the hospital because he's sick with nerves about the internship. At this moment, he's going to hear about the decision whether he's going to match for a residency or not, like a surgical residency. He finds out later that he did get into the program and he's really excited. He and Harper ditch work to go to this hotel to celebrate. They take their pagers, but they ignore their pages. They drink, they get super drunk. Eventually, yeah. he gets back to the hospital after he's been ignoring his pages and people are like excited for him and it's very nice and they bring him all these baskets and it's like, yay. But also, Susan is like, where have you been? Like your patient that you've handed over to me, she, so Carter, before he left, had this patient 
who was there for anemia, it ended up being that the patient actually had leukemia as the story developed. And it was quite traumatic for the patient and very traumatic for Susan because she was covering for Carter. He didn't respond to any of his pages from her. And then also Dr. Hicks was trying to get a hold of him and he ignored her pages. When he gets back to the hospital, Dr. Hicks is like, there you are, finally. You need to scrub in on the surgery. And he's like, uh, shit, I'm wasted. So he runs after her and he's like, I can't because I was celebrating at lunchtime and I drank alcohol. And Dr. Hicks is like, that's grounds for expulsion from the program. And she doesn't say that he's fired, but she basically tells him, like, this isn't good for you. It's not a good situation. Yeah. Like, this Like, was... what was he thinking? What was yeah. he thinking? Like, like, Harper, at the beginning, because I went back and, like, listened to the beginning when they left. Yeah. And Harper said, like, she was off shift. Like, so she was, her shift was over. Right. For her, that totally makes sense. Yeah. But for him... This was his lunch break that he decided to go get a hotel yeah. and spend three hours drinking with Harper in the bathtub. Yeah. I just, it was this a is really not bad realistic. color. This would never happen in real life. Like, could you imagine? This no. would never happen. Like, there's no way you'd get away with this. Like, yeah, if you weren't answering your pages for three hours, yeah, there would be a huge problem, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, you would, li- he would probably have been fired on the spot, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or at least like discharged on leave or something while they investigated. Like, yeah. Yeah. It. To come back wow. drunk. I was like, just... are you kidding me? Right? Like, Oof. what was he expecting was going to happen when he came back wasted? Yeah. I just. Brutal. It's disgusting. Yeah. Well, and like Carter, as soon as he kind of when at the beginning when he was thinking, oh, I'm not going to get a placement here. He's like, it's because I haven't been a very good doctor lately. And like, I need to take care of my patients better. And I need to think thinking about them. So yeah. from now on, I'm going to go back to that. And I'm going to be thinking about my patients. And then as soon as he found out that he got this placement, he yeah. went right on back to his ladder climbing ways, right? And he's like, oh, I'm so amazing. And then when he said to Harper in the bathtub, he's like, you're currently in the bathtub with the most sought after surgical oh resident i was like yeah. i am As gonna kill you ish. carter i hate As you <laughs> like come oh my off God. It. yeah yeah ridiculous oh it was so obnoxious yeah oh man no thank you yeah. whatever carter like so now we don't really know what's gonna happen i mean obviously the show continues and he's in the show so like he clearly doesn't like it but i think he's gonna have some pretty bad disciplinary consequences i think I agree. Like, he might lose his placement. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he does lose yeah. his placement. Same. Anyway. The drama continues with Chloe and Susan because they meet up for coffee. Chloe is looking really healthy, actually, and she's looking like she's in a good place. But it's also just incredibly awkward because Susan is ready to adopt Susie. So... Anyways, Chloe continues and talks and is explaining to Susan that she's been clean for five months. She's engaged again. She's in a new program for her sobriety and she wants to mother her daughter. And Susan says, like, it's too late. You walked away. I've been with Susie for a year and I'm pretty much at the last steps of adopting her. And... Chloe needs to understand that obviously her behavior has been incredibly inconsistent 
And so, yeah, that's great that you've been clean for five months. And I do think that like she could be a part of Susie's life, but Susan needs to adopt her. She's a consistent parent. And then Chloe can come around, can like be in the child's life, obviously. And then she stays clean and maybe she can be even more of a parental figure in her life as long as she's like staying clean, but in and out and up and down and, you know, relapses. A child shouldn't be around that if they don't have to be. Yeah, I think like, I agree with you. I'm really glad that she's been clean for five months. She does look really good, even though I really didn't like her makeup. She looked (laughs) fine. Yeah. It was like just a little too dark and a little bit too purple for my taste, but that's fine. Fair enough. Um, Yeah. yeah. But I also thought like when she said that she was engaged, I was like, okay, well, first off, when you're in a rehab program, they recommend that you don't get in a relationship for a year because you need to work on yourself, right? Right. So like she's not really taking her rehab super, super seriously. Right. Yeah. And like to be engaged already. Yeah. After a year. Right? You were probably dating this person before you were clean. So they probably aren't a super great influence Mm-hmm. Right? Or you met this person in rehab or whatever. Um, and so they're not really taking their sobriety super seriously either. Like either way, it doesn't yeah. seem like a super stable situation. She's still making impulsive decisions. Yeah. And so I don't know that I would trust 100% that she's like on the straight and arrow. Like she might be clean, but I don't think she's changed her behavior very well. Yeah. So this whole situation is very irksome. Like it's very... Yeah. Worrisome for Susie Jr. It is. But I also think Susan's not managing this very well. Like, she's just basically like, absolutely no, you have no access whatsoever. Yeah. Whereas I think if she was like, okay, you've left. You've left multiple times now and you're not reliable. And if you're being honest with yourself, you know you're not reliable. Yeah. So let's start with like once a week you take her for a couple of hours or something or like yeah. you come to the daycare at work once a week mm-hmm. where there's supervision right and yeah. you can play with her for a couple of hours once a week or something right like mm-hmm. to completely cut her off I think is just creating such a tumultuous relationship that like yeah because then Chloe gets on the defensive and is like, well, I'm going to fight you for this, right? Yeah. Whereas maybe if Susan opened like a little bit of a door, mm-hmm. but was like, I'm going to adopt her, but you can still be in her life under these restrictions, kind of. I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't know no, if I that agree. would be better or not. Well, it's just but... also like, I can see why Susan feels so upset about it because she literally just left this child Chloe left this child with Susan. Susan is a busy resident. Her life is in no place to have a child. Like she wasn't ready, but she's like, okay, I'm going to do it anyways, because this is my niece and I love her and I'm going to do it. And now Chloe comes back and is like, okay, I'll take her back now. Thank you. Thanks for all of your hard work. Totally. And it's like, no, you don't get to just use your sister like that. You don't just get to do whatever the F you want. That's not fair. But like, I also agree that Susan can say the control is in my hands. So you've given me your child, essentially. You walked away from this child. So now 
you can come around when I say you can come around when it suits me exactly because exactly. I've Susan's now created like a life and she's got a routine down that works for them and Chloe will upset that whole thing that she's worked really hard to build so Absolutely. you know I totally agree with you terms yeah. and conditions it's a tough apply situation. yeah totally totally yeah but moving on to Carol Carol is now doing agency or temp work or something because they cut her hours, which I find really interesting that the hospital is cutting Carol's hours, but still has agency and or temp nursing positions. Right. That she can I take. I the same thing. Yeah. But that's just honestly how hospitals work. Yeah. I wonder if temps get paid less, though. Maybe. Or if I also thought because Carol is the head nurse. So her shifts probably oh, she gets yeah. paid she's more. Oh yeah, she's too expensive. And then yeah, and in right. order to like also be able to still work in your workplace and get enough hours, maybe going to a temp. I don't know. It's weird. But I do think that temp temp nursing you get paid more because you get shipped all around to different sites oh, and stuff. Oh, maybe. So maybe. I think you still get paid more. Hmm. But I thought it was interesting that she was wearing a dress, super old school. Oh, man, but and the, the tights? temp agency has her oh, wearing a dress. It's yeah, so it's bad. Like, oh, that sounds, um, that sounds awful. Yeah. Similar it's to the uniforms weird. here, though. I have to say, it's very old school. Really? Like, Do you wear a skirt? I mean, I don't. The unit that I'm at, we wear scrubs. But um, in the emergency departments here and on the units, they wear like a... I think that's called like a frock or you wear like a tunic, a tunic. There's a tunic option that's like lower, but it's collared and like a button up. It's like very fitted. And then you wear dresses as well with tights. You can choose oh, which one you okay. want. Oh, essentially. Neither. Yeah, <laughs> neither. Scrubs. Thank you very much. No kidding. Um, I like yeah. my scrub pants so, and my t-shirt. <laughs> that is my yeah, go Yeah, that's too. the best. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, it's, yeah. So this patient comes in, a trauma, Benton takes the patient. Um, he complains of his leg hurting and that he's in a lot of pain. So they suspect that the patient has a fracture. So they do a bunch of x-rays and the grandfather is with him. Um, and he has like a little bit of a scratch. So he also like was involved in the accident, but wasn't, you know, harmed more than the scratch on his head. So they get the x-rays and they actually see that the patient has a tumor in in their leg. They don't know how long it's been there, but they look at his past medical records and they did see that he had come in previously for pain and they did x-rays. So they looked at those and they saw them on the x-ray then and they were, but it was like really small and really difficult to detect. And it looked like it could have been something else, but Peter was really perturbed that whoever saw this guy didn't see the tumor the se like several months before. And they looked at the document and they saw that, and they looked at the charting and they saw that Doug was actually the physician who had seen him the last time. So I don't really understand why this is a big deal. I mean, now, I mean, this is the thing is that Things do get missed, but we have radiologists that specialize in interpreting tests like this or diagnostic exactly. imaging. So there's much more trained and focused eye on diagnostic imaging 
that we see now. So, you know, you don't just have ER docs. ER docs will look at the x-rays, but they're not like trained professionals in this specific area. Like you have to specialize in radiology and it's like a very long and difficult specialty. Well, so, and I thought in this, because like we've seen the radiologist before in this show. Yeah. Like yeah. he exists. So it was kind of like, because it's the job of the radiologist to look at every scan and like write yeah. a detailed report on everything that you see. So like, I don't right. think that this is, this is not solely Doug's issue, like fault. It's yeah. his and the radiologist. Like, of course he should have been maybe a little bit more diligent in looking at the x-ray. But yeah, like it's not just his fault. It's more the radiologist's fault because yeah, that's their specialty. They should be looking into this in detail, right? And if they caught something later, they should have made that clear. So then Doug can be like, oh, I need to call this person back because I didn't see this tumor. But yeah, I thought that was super weird. Like, I don't think like radiologists reading scans is a newish thing. I would expect that no, that was it, happening in the 90s. Yeah. Well, and I also yeah. just felt like as well that this can happen, that you can have a lot of eyes on a scan. If something is too early to detect, you will miss it. And even Mark was saying like, man, I wouldn't have seen that either. Like I wouldn't have, right? Isn't that what he said? Right, right. Well, they were like, it's it's, easy. you can barely see it. Yeah, and it's easy to see it now because yeah. you see the growth in the tumor. Like, the tumor's huge and this right. kid's probably going to lose his leg. And so, like, yeah. now you can see this big tumor. So then when you're going back to the old x-rays, like, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Like, now you can be like, yeah. oh, yeah, look at that little spot. There was a you tumor there. You can see it. But, like, mm-hmm. when you're just looking at the scan mostly for, like, fractures or, like, significant injuries to the knee – you're probably not going to see that little tumor or you, you probably have a high chance of missing that. I don't know. Yeah. It just seems really weird. You're, you're right. Like that's why we have radiology to do all of that stuff, right? Yeah. So if, even if Doug had only seen this kid for like 10 minutes, didn't wait for the radiology report because he was like, oh no, there's no breaks. There's no fractures. Like you're good to go. And discharged yeah. him. The radiologist later would have flagged that and been like, "Hey, like, there's a tumor there. Yeah, you need to exactly. contact this person back, right? Like, so I don't know. It's kind of yeah, it's yeah. weird. And like, I, I don't I just, think it's his fault. No, I and I also just think like even if it was there and like they were like, you should have gotten that. That's an opportunity not to shame somebody, but to bring them in and say, this is going to be a learning opportunity because the patient was affected by this. And unfortunately, that does happen. Doctors are not perfect. Healthcare workers are human beings and we miss things. And that happens. And yes, sometimes it is at the cost of a patient's life. Sometimes it's at the cost of a patient's health. But Without healthcare, we would be dying by the age of 30. Right. So unfortunately, you have to accept some level of imperfection in healthcare. Does it mean that we need to, that, you know, we should excuse negligence? Absolutely not. Or malpractice? Absolutely not. But there are honest mistakes that happen, unfortunately. And sometimes patients do suffer and it, and it's terrible, but luckily it doesn't happen often. It happens very seldomly. Yeah. I think that the error in this situation that I'm sure we're getting to is that like, it's not the mistake itself. It's that they don't disclose it. 
right? Like, right. Yeah. And maybe I'll let you continue with we'll the get, story because I'm we'll sure you're getting there. It. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, anyways, um, Mark and Doug talk to like the hospital's lawyer. She basically recommends not telling the patient because it doesn't change anything about the patient's treatment. So they don't disclose the mistake. They continue with the treatment. They tell the patient that he has cancer. They tell the grandfather that the patient has cancer. And then they say that they're going to refer him to an oncologist who will then take over his care so that he can get treatment. Peter disagrees with this decision and doesn't feel right that they're not telling the patient that they saw it on the x-ray last time he was there. So then he takes it upon himself and he tells the patient's grandfather, which I also think is not cool. I don't think that it was right for him to tell the grandfather. He should have told the patient. Also, Peter shouldn't have been involved in this at all. I don't think Peter should have had anything to do with this. Right, right. But I do think that Doug should have talked to the patient and said, last time you were here, you had the tumor, but I didn't see it on the x-ray. And I think he should have said that. Yeah. But they decided not to, which was part of the problem. And you have thoughts on this, please share. (laughs) No problem. Um, Yeah, I just, (laughs) I don't like... That Doug didn't tell them himself. He should have just told them. Like, I think that mm-hmm. people are, the, for the most part, are very, like, reasonable. I know that, like, the threat of being sued or, like, a malpractice issue is worrisome. But I think yeah. you're more likely to have someone be reasonable with you if you're honest with them. So I think that he should have told them, regardless of what the lawyer said. Um but I agree with you. I don't think it was Dr. Benton's place to then just go and tell this to them. Like, um, yeah, you're right. He probably should have talked to the patient directly. But I mean, this he was a kid, too. So I get why like mm-hmm. he's talking to the legal guardian. But yeah, like it just wasn't Peter's place to be telling this information. If he had like a strong problem with it, he could have taken it to their superior or... Or to, like, the physician's board, right? To be like, Mm -hmm. hey, like, I don't think that this was ethical practice. And report it properly rather than Mm -hmm. going behind everyone's back and just, like, telling the patient. Like, I think it was the right thing for the patient to have known. But Mm -hmm. I don't think that the way that they were told was the right way. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I agree. I just don't think this whole situation is Doug's fault. He's a resident and he was looking at x-rays, which the radiologist, like you said, should have been looking at, but his attending should have also been looking at the x-rays with him. Right. Right. It's, and like, this is the thing is that even radiologists miss stuff and because it's complex and we're looking at echoes of a person's body, we're not even looking at like, of course, CTs, ultrasounds, x-rays are like some of the best tools that we have to identify diseases and then treat them. Like, honestly, you can detect so many, like they're the reason that we're able to keep people alive is because we are able to see these things. But 
it's not a perfect it's not a perfect world right. and things you know sometimes these things are not super obvious even if you do all the right things like Doug did looking at their x-ray making sure blah 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 you can still make mistakes totally totally yeah anyways yeah afterwards mark approaches peter who mark feels has overstepped and they chat about it and he kind of calls him out on something else too which is that maybe peter is compensating for the fact that he didn't report dr fuselich in the study we can insert a clip here i told you not to say anything yeah well i didn't agree with that no you took it upon yourself to tell the family the ramifications of which affect doug me your colleagues and the entire hospital look if ross had caught it four months ago that kid might not be losing his leg now don't you think the family had a right to know that that wasn't your decision to make oh so i tell the truth and what and break some kind of code this isn't about truth or any kind of code this is about your guilty conscience you didn't have the guts to speak up about Buselich, so you blow the whistle on doug truth is a lot easier to tell it's not your own career on the line yeah, like so that. I don't know. I feel like Mark is dropping some hot tea. And I think Mark's not wrong. Like, I think he's uh, very yeah. correct. Like, I liked the line where he said it's really easy to speak the truth when your career is not on the line. I really liked that yeah. part because I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, that is very true, right? Like, Peter, you couldn't come yeah. through when it was your career on the line. But when it's Doug's, it's no problem for you. Right. right? Like, yeah, yeah, you're just kind of trying to, like, make up for the fact that you're disappointed in yourself about Vuselich's study with yeah. trying to be honest in this situation. So, yeah, yeah, like, you don't get it both ways, buddy. Like, either you're an honest yeah. guy that tells the truth about everything or, like, you let people make their own decisions about how they're going to handle their personal situations, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I liked that um, from Mark. It kind of put things in a bit of perspective too. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. I also appreciated what he said. Then Shep comes in with another patient when he's got a new partner. Are we just going to skip? Like, I felt like there was basically no acknowledgement of the trauma that happened in the last episode. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like zero. Yeah. Yeah. Zero acknowledgement of how awful that was. Totally. Like, at this point in the episode, we didn't even know if Raul had died or not. Like, obviously, we anticipated that he would. Right. But, but like, they didn't ever there's no acknowledgement. It. Yeah, that's no, true. It's true. Nothing. So I didn't even know that, she, that Raul had passed away. I was like, okay, so were we just supposed to infer that he had passed away? I mean, obviously, he right. would have. But I thought there would be more of a production around the death yeah. of this guy. Of I honestly thought the beginning of the episode was going to like be at Raul's funeral or something like that. Me too. You know, like mm -hmm. at least have like a finalized, like there is one line I think that Shep says at one point that he says, I killed my partner or yeah. whatever. It's when Carol is like, hey, you need to be easier on the new guy. And yes. he talks about it. Yeah. That's right. But that's yeah. about it. Yeah, you're right. There's very little yeah. acknowledgement. Yeah. He's just like moved on, new partner. And He's, like, frustrated with this new guy. But this was the guy that was doing the amazing compressions. Remember? I know. He was, like, on the chest and, like, really on it. Yeah. And I was and like, like, he's good. And he's totally. learning. This is Riley, right? Like, and Riley, like, yeah. up until now, like, he's been really good. Like, even Mark Green, like, in his first episode, Mark, like, he introduced himself to Mark and then, like, gave a report. And Mark's like, oh, well, you're really, like, you're really young. But you're really competent. Yeah. 
And then, like, yeah. Shep is just, like, shitting on him. I don't know. I just, and, I mean, maybe a little bit of that is that Riley's a little intimidated by Shep, which is possible, so then maybe fumbling yeah. some stuff. Mm-hmm. But Shep's not really giving him any kind of chance. Uh, no, so. I just, yeah. And I could feel like Shep, when he's, like, not a big fan of somebody or he has already, like, he's annoyed with someone, he, like, it's over, you know? Like, right. I feel like he's probably not going to be a very good teacher to this guy yeah anyways they bring in this man who t-boned another driver he's screaming he's kicking we find out that he is an addict he's got track marks on his arms and he's high and he's been drinking i thought the medicine was really good but i thought it was funny that susan ordered narcan for a patient who's like screaming and talking and fighting (laughs) against them already i was like this guy doesn't need a narcan like he's he's not he's awake or not breathing very well he's clearly breathing just fine (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. for anyone who doesn't know what narcan is narcan is an antidote to narcotics so it basically binds to the same receptors to prevent narcotics from binding to them, which is what makes people stop breathing, uh, somnolent, and overdose, basically. So it takes up the receptor so that it doesn't have that same effect. I hope I explained that properly. So you give Narcan often to people who come in that are like unconscious from narcotic overdose, and he is not unconscious. No. He's very much <laughs> awake. Yeah. His mother shows up. She says to Susan, oh, I heard someone hit my son. And she says, no, like your son hit another car and severely injured three people and killed one. And he was high and he's a drug addict. And the mother is like, nope, he's not a drug addict. He doesn't use drugs. There's no way that that could have happened. And Susan says, well, I mean, tell that to the tests that we have that confirm that he does have drugs in his system. Right. And he was high and we treated him. Anyways, they get into this argument and this woman slaps Susan in the face. And this goes back to assaulting a healthcare professional should be an immediate charge. Absolutely. Immediate. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty terrible. Yeah, there's no reason for hitting a healthcare worker whatsoever. Like, it just is not appropriate at all. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, should have been arrested. Yeah, should have been arrested. That was awful. Then we see this kind of like back and forth with Jeannie and Carol throughout the episode, kind of going to like, what's a nurse's job and what's a doctor's job and what's a physician, physician assistant's job. So this patient comes in. And he's a homeless man. Um, and I guess it, they sort of joke about how he comes in for spring cleaning. So he probably drops in once in a while to the ER. And we they give him a shower and make sure he has clean clothes and then send him off on his way to a shelter. They sort of like do a rock, paper, scissors between Lydia, Halle, and Carol. Carol ends up losing and she's got to shower this guy off. So, oh, but before she leaves to shower the guy... Jeannie comes in and Carol tries to pawn off this task onto Jeannie and Jeannie says no that's a nurse's job and Carol's like ugh rolls her eyes like ew but agreed I mean I get it it's maybe not a PA's job to shower a patient but whatever so she takes the patient they're showering him and Jeannie knocks on the door to ask Carol to do something and Carol turns around because she's 
kind of startled by Jeannie and sprays her with the water, um, <laughs> which yeah. I thought was really funny. I don't know what yeah. Jeannie was asking Carol to do, but it was sort of like, again, it was like, well, that's a nurse's job. And Carol's like, well, I'm busy, so I can't do it. Um, so Jeannie leaves. Also, we um, don't have a water, like, gun that we spray at patients to clean them off. Like, yeah, we don't have a not. hose that we do that with. Like, the the whole kind of setup was fairly accurate in the fact that, like, it looked like a decontamination shower to me. Yeah. Which we yeah. definitely have. But, like, they're just showers. Yeah. Like, and I would be doing the same thing as Carol. I'd be standing back. I'd, like, hand him all the stuff. Yeah. And I'd be like, make sure you scrub really Wash well. Yourself. Like... And, yeah. like, that place is dirty. You're right, Hugo. Like, make sure you're scrubbing really well. But you're not, yeah. like, holding a water, like, gun on a hose. Gun and, like, spraying no, him. No, no. Like, that is just not really happening. <laughs> so, no, it's true. It's true. Uh, it's not anyway. quite accurate. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So then um, throughout the episode, they just, like, go back and forth. And Jeannie keeps saying, that's a nurse's job. And then... Then Carol, she's got this patient already. He's got clean clothes and he's like, oh, I need like tape to like tape up my shoe. And she's like, oh, yeah. So she gives him like this tape stuff. And he's like, can you get me a pair of scissors? I need to like cut this this tape. So she gives him scissors. And then Jeannie approaches like, we need you, Carol. Like I have a patient over there who's vomiting. And Carol's like, well, what do you want me to do about it? Like get him an emesis bin. And, and Jeannie's like, well, that's a nurse's job. And she was like, okay. And then in that moment, the patient cuts his hand with the scissors and he needs stitches. And Carol's like, mm, that's a PA's job. And she leaves. <laughs> yeah. But like, really, Jeannie, you can't get a vomiting patient a basin? Yeah. Like, I don't really know where this is coming from. Like, why are they having like, such the a battle? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I thought they had good rapport. Yeah. Like, I thought that they were getting onto like a better plane. But then, I don't know, this was, like, really odd to me. Like, and it just was kind of rude to the patients, too. Like, you're going to just let yeah. somebody vomit because you don't want to go grab a bin for them. Like, whereas yeah. you're going to now go find a nurse to go grab a basin when, like, you could have easily done that in half the time. Like, I don't know. Seriously. It just seems, like, a little crazy. And same with... Hugo with this patient like this homeless patient like they're just like pawning him off back and forth to each other and I just am kind of like yeah you know it's just poor form like just yeah start and finish with somebody you know unless there's something yeah. you actually can't do like you know there's now he's needs sutures on his finger and then like Carol laughs later yeah. because like after uh, Jeannie sutures up his finger and he's about to leave. He like slips and falls and hits his head and then needs sutures to his head. And like, I just thought it was really callous because like Carol is laughing about this. Like now, now Jeannie has to stitch up his head. Ha ha ha. Like, I just, I don't know. I didn't, I, yeah. I, I didn't love it. It just didn't feel like a team. I know. And I you just know? like, I really disliked Jeannie in this episode and I've typically, and I've really liked her when it's like, that's a nurse's job. I just do not like that attitude. I agree. I agree. I do yeah. not like that attitude. And I think it's super disrespectful. And like you said, it's like anti-team environment. Totally. Like, yes, maybe something is primarily something we're responsible for. Right. But that doesn't mean that someone else can't do it if we're not available. And it was right. like Jeannie going out of her way to find Carol to do it. 
when she could easily have just done it. Exactly. Which I thought was like just so underhanded and passive aggressive. And I Mm -hmm. was not a fan of it. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. I I was not a fan either. Mm. No. Anyways, moving on. This is kind of a fun moment. Susan gets Paige to the nursery, and it's like she like brings security because she thinks that Chloe is coming to take away Susie. So she's like rushing and like oh, it's like dramatic, and they have the dramatic music, and it's like da da da. And she gets there, and the lady's like, oh no, it's like not a big deal. It's just that Susie's taking her first steps, and I wanted you to be here. Yeah. That's so nice. Totally. So cute. I so wish taking some first we steps. had a daycare in hospital. That's another thing for your question. I was going to say. <laughs> daycare. Yeah, yes. We daycare. should have a daycare. Daycare at the hospital. 24-7 daycare, right? Like, because you can't Honestly. get child care for night shifts. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Right? And a lot yeah. of, like, nurses and shift workers are married to shift workers and so, yeah. yeah, it's completely terrible to try to find uh, daycare. So, yeah, I think that's another thing that I would fund is a full-time daycare for daycare. staff. That's a great yeah. idea. Because also, and it would be also nice to have one for patients, like for family members. That's true, yeah. So they're not all in the waiting room. I mean, like the daycare would be in. hectic. It would be so busy. But, be. like, if there was a way to make that happen, if we had unlimited resources, it would be to also have a daycare. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so at the end of the episode here, we see that Chef is being really hard on Riley. Yeah. And Carol's like, dude, relax. Like, don't be so hard on him. And we get a little update about what he's been feeling. And uh, we can insert a clip here. Hey, where's your partner? The moron? He's upstairs drinking cocoa. You really shouldn't ride him so hard. Department throws me a rookie. Guess it's their way of punishing me. They giving you a hard time? They say they would have done the same thing. You don't believe them? What are they supposed to say? Nobody blames you, Shep. I led Raul into that fire. You saved three kids. And I killed my best friend. So yeah. he's struggling with Raul's death, obviously, and it's a big change. And I just wonder how much time has been between each, like this episode and the last one. But it's clearly been a long time because Shep is all healed up. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So it's a clearly yeah. been at least like a few weeks. But yeah, I'm surprised months, that he's probably. back at work. Yeah, months yeah, maybe. Me too. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's true. We didn't get a great, like, timeline of how long this episode is after. Yeah. That kind of would have been nice to know. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't seem that long. Like, if you think about, like, Carter's storyline, because last episode he was worried about, like, he had his meeting or whatever, and he was worried about his placement. So, like, and then he got his answer to the placement. So, like, I wonder how much time that took. I don't know. Yeah. It must be a while. Must be. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Then Mark is at the bar and he meets a lady and it's the lawyer and they go looking for his contact that fell out while he was like, you know, hitting on some other chick. (laughs) And (laughs) so maybe there's a budding romance here, which is fun. Yeah. Then Chloe shows up at Susan's house and says, 
that she wants to be the parent. She wants to mother Susie and she can file for visitation rights. She's got a lawyer. And we've already talked about this at length, but hopefully, hopefully they can come to some form of agreement. But basically Susan in that moment closes the door on Chloe and is like, absolutely not. Nope. Right. So we'll see where that goes. And then we basically end the episode with Peter running into Jeannie at the bar across the street. And she tells him that he did the right thing and kind of confirms and they chat, I guess. Maybe there will also be a rekindling of their relationship. Yeah, like I kind of like what Jeannie says here. Like it just reminds you that like she spent so much time with Benton's mom and like starts like telling him a story from his childhood. I wonder if they're going to get it back is together. Nice. It is nice. I wonder too. I mean, like, yeah. I Yeah. I think he ultimately did the right thing, but I don't think it should have been coming from him. I agree. Like, could you imagine at work if you found out that a colleague had made an error and then you went and told the patient? Yeah. Like, that's it... just not good for anybody, I don't think. No. I like don't it... think that's good for anyone. Right. Right. Like, if I thought that they did something really terrible, I wouldn't go to the patient and say, I think your nurse is garbage, like, they did this to you. Like, if that was the case, I would properly report it. Like, I would go to management. If they weren't helpful, I would go to the union or to our governing body. Like, there, there would just be, there's more professional ways to go about it properly yeah so that it's handled properly than to just go to the patient and like tattle basically right like yeah 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 it's pretty way better ways yeah there's tons of mechanisms in place to properly report somebody if that's what you want to do like or if you feel that strongly about something you don't just I don't know, do do it yeah. the way that Benton did it, yeah. I think Mark is right that he just used that opportunity to try to make himself feel better about the Vuselich's study. But Yeah, I think so anyway. too. Yeah. Well, that's the end. That's it. That's it. Wow. We're all done. And yeah. Yeah, it was a good episode. I did like it. I feel like the episodes are getting better. Overall. I think so too. Like I'm enjoying them mm-hmm. a lot more lately. Yeah everybody thanks for listening um thanks for for 
coming out. And uh, if you like our podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, tell your friends about us. Follow us on the socials. Follow us on the socials, Twitter and Instagram. That's all. Melissa, do you have anything to add? No, I don't think so. Okay, we'll see you next week. See you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the episode, guys. This episode is created, edited, and produced by your hosts, Melissa and Julie. Music by Chris Yemes, photography by Ainsley Cardoso-Wagner, and photo editing by none other than your hosts, Melissa and Julie. You can find us on Instagram at erdebriefedpodcast or now on Twitter at erdebriefed. We post updates with new content on there as much as we can. You can also email us at erdebriefed at gmail.com with comments, questions, suggestions, and more. We try to respond as quickly as possible, and we always appreciate hearing your feedback. Thanks again.